Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirada de Hueo. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, you have returned to the special services complex, hoping to continue your research. But you're beginning to suspect you took a wrong turn somewhere. Hello, I remember you. I've been waiting for you. No, I just expected you to return. There's so much in that file you haven't had time to go through yet. I just didn't expect to see you here. Well, you're two floors up and in the wrong wing. Now that is not within the purview of your classified document authorization. However, I am finished here and headed back to our office, and you're welcome to join me. I have everything set aside for you. You can start right where you left off. Good afternoon and welcome. When we left off last time, I had just told my alien friends, for lack of a better word, I was not their captive. I was not being detained. I was a welcomed addition to their vessel, and they were treating me in the most friendliest of terms. My new friends were just told by me that my grandfather was dead now for some twenty, almost twenty years. He had died back in the mid-1960s, and I didn't even know where he was buried, let alone much about his life. My father always hid my grandfather's history from us, from my family. I looked at my new alien friend, and he, he said, I knew your grandfather. I want to tell you why we are here. I want to tell you why we must find your grandfather again. He says, I want to tell you why he was our friend. And in his own words, coming into my mind, I remember him saying, and it was in his voice, Can you hear me? Can you hear me in your mind, clearly? Your grandfather was a great Many men are born and never achieve greatness. They allow the pressures of the world they live in to crush 
their dreams, their desires, their hopes. But your grandfather was not one of these men. We were ordained by our Grand Council to travel to the planet Terra in your solar system, the planet Earth, the third from the sun, a bright blue globe brimming with life. Our duty, our task, was to take our knowledge to the peoples of the planet Earth, to share our technology, but most of all, to warn them of an alien race bent on destroying their people. There is water on Earth, there is water everywhere in the galaxy. There is precious metals on Earth, but there is precious metals everywhere in the universe in vast quantities beyond the dreams and of avarice. What would an alien race invade, conquer, steal, abduct? human beings for, not water, not food, and not wealth, but they would capture them as sentient beings for their eternal souls. There is something in the mind of a human being precious thing when they pass from this world a chemical mixture of a uh, chemical mixture of drugs for lack of a better word secretes into their mind from glands in and around their brain These chemicals create a warp in time-space, allowing the human host to experience time frozen, almost like a dream. The being goes on forever in the space of seconds in their mind. They experienced the euphoria of the afterlife, a bridge to a new reality, heaven to some, nirvana to others, and hell to even those less fortunate. This crack, this break, this warp, this bend in time-space is what the alien races want to harvest from humanity. My people
people never allowed the harvest of our own races and the races around us. We prevented these interlopers from destroying whole civilizations just to build their warp corridors between one planet and another. We used other scientific methods to warp time and space. We did not harvest prey on those less fortunate than ourselves. In using our technology at great expense, we warped time and space for our small ship of, with a crew complementary of three, and we entered the solar system that Earth is a part of. Something happened in our warp drive, and our anti-gravity engines failed. We were only able to enter Earth's gravity as a ballistic missile. Underpowered, stuck using the gravity of the Earth to plunge through the atmosphere and make a devastatingly bad crash landing. It was June 1947 in your timeline. Some people think it was in July, but it was actually in early June. We crashed into a field on a farmer's property near Roswell, New Mexico. He called the police, the military, your government, and they sent agents after us. Soon our small crashed vessel was brimming with human life. They captured one of my crew members. He was dead on arrival. One was unconscious and gravely ill. I myself was seriously injured. My eye, my head, my skull plate was broken, and I had bruises and contusions all over my body. I could still walk, and I tried to communicate. I tried to gather the tools I needed to heal our bodies, to rescue my fallen crew member who was still alive. But they separated me from my technology. I did not gain consciousness soon enough to start the healing process that our technology would allow me to afford my fellow crew members. Could I have saved the one who died? I don't think so. I, I always dwell on these things. No matter how intelligent, no matter how many times a creature sentient or otherwise crunches 
the mathematics of death. Would it, would it be different if I did something different? It always comes out the same. You did the best you could with what was available to you. You can never hold yourself responsible for what fate has in store for you. It's just part of living and breathing in the universe. And my breathing was very labored. I had broken ribs, and the injury to my head was causing my respiratory system to fail. They forced me to sit upright in a vehicle on my, what you would call, buttocks. Sitting like a human being is very uncomfortable for my race in any normal condition, but in this case it was hurting me, causing me constant pain. They literally were torturing me, and they didn't even know it. I was unable to communicate with my mind to theirs, as I am right now to you. Because my brain was in so much pain, it was impossible for me to concentrate, to focus my thoughts, to project my thoughts. They took me to a base. They sat me in an interrogation room. My fellow crew members, the dead one to a morgue, put on ice, they said, and my injured unconscious crewmate, who in this case was actually faring better than I, in a prone position his body was, slowly healing itself. We do have technology placed inside our body to safeguard ourselves and our health, but they can only do so much. After a crash of this magnitude, the healing process was not much better than healing from a common cold. It would take two to three days for him to even regain consciousness. And I could feel my own body failing. I couldn't breathe properly, and I didn't know what to do. They let me sleep in a cell on a flat bed all night. Their interrogation went terribly wrong. They didn't know what to do with me, so they said they were going to call in an expert, whatever that would be. They'd never seen anything like me, so how could somebody be an expert on extraterrestrial life? They kept me from my devices. I could see them through the double-pane glass in another room. They thought I couldn't see through the two-way mirror, but I could perceive what was going on quite clearly through the glass like a window in your home, as easy as that. I could also perceive their thoughts. Jumbled as they were, there were so many minds around me, but all the thoughts were bad, fearful, frightened, racist. They were scared. What was I? Should they just kill me? Should they just end this whole thing? 
I really was afraid, frightened. I came here as an ambassador for peace, but because our ship malfunctioned on the way in to the planetary system, I thought back, what caused that? What caused that failure? And then it dawned on me, we were attacked. We must have been attacked by the enemy. They must have known the Council was sending emissaries and ambassadors to work with the people of Earth. They had infiltrated our minds somehow, picked up on our thoughts, picked up on our plans. We would have to do things more covertly with this human race if we were to succeed. Who knows where the mole was giving information, maybe even unknowingly, to the enemy. That's the problem with creatures who speak with their minds. If you can tap into one of those minds, you have access to all our minds. Yes, it is a weakness. It is a severe weakness. The next day, they put me in the interrogation room again. They shackled my feet to the bottom of the chair they placed me on. They ignored the fact I was sickly. They offered me water that was be too uncomfortable for me to drink in my condition. They thought, well, maybe he doesn't drink water, and they offered me other liquids, other beverages. They tried to scan me. They tried to take my blood pressure with their cuffs. They tried to hear my heart. Everything was backwards and so barbaric and so frightening and so invasive. I just couldn't communicate with them. And I was in so much pain, sitting there, my body and the weight of it pushing down on those broken ribs. And then they started to become frustrated, and a couple of the guards even threatened me with the butts of their guns, their weapons that they could make me talk. I didn't know what fate I Why would my government even send me to people like this? Why would they even send me somewhere and put me into this kind of harm's way? Why wasn't a rescue team on its way? The beacon sending out an SOS from my ship must not have worked. They must not know that we have failed in our mission. The infiltration must go further than I thought. And then a man walked in. A man as big as a house to me. He looked like the movie star John Wayne. He was so tall, broad-shouldered. He walked with determination and strength. He was sweating profusely. He was not used to the heat of the New Mexico desert. And he was frustrated, angry at how long it took to get him to me. He voiced and vented his frustration, but in a most professional manner. And that's when I realized I was clearly hearing his thoughts. He was actually silent that whole time. 
He was complaining in his mind so loudly that I heard him clearly. A human being, I can hear him clearly because he was so angry. He was beyond their level of stress and strain. He was so furious. And his eyes met mine, and he sat across from me, and he asked if they were recording the session. And they said yes. And he looked right at me, and he says, Hello, my name is Dr. Andrew Michaels, and I am here to help you. That he spoke out loud, but he said it at the same time with his mind. I must tell you at this point, I never had feelings for another race, and these aren't bad feelings, these were just feelings of respect, dignity. He looked at me with compassion in his eyes. He looked at me with sorrow, with shame. I assure you, his strength of character was not to be questioned. He asked me a few rudimentary questions about my care, about my physical appearance. He offered me something to help me drink, or some kind of food, or if I had been fed. I really couldn't communicate with him, and I just tried to signal him with my hands. And then he abruptly turned from me. He quit trying to communicate with me. He asked the guards, why is this man shackled? Why is this man handcuffed? Can you please take those off of him? He came all this way. If he wanted to kill you or harm you, he would have done it already, he said. Take those handcuffs off him, unmanacle him. Help him, he's sick. Look at his eye. Look at his head. He's been injured. This man needs immediate medical help. He broke off the interrogation. They tried to resist his orders, and he presented papers. He commanded these men like a leader. He had a voice that carried, and he had a demeanor that was not to be suppressed. He immediately had medics come in and attend to my eye, my head. He said that it appears he has labored breathing. We need to lay him down. Try and let him go into a position that's comfortable for him. They brought in a gurney and presented it to me. I laid on it on my side that was not injured. He said, he's obviously in pain. We've got to take this man to the hospital immediately. We've got to get him some care. This man was remarkable in how he addressed the situation. He wasn't like the others. He immediately chastised all those who shot me dirty looks, who were fearful. He commanded them. He educated them on the spot. Why do you fear this man? He's wounded. 
This man is a soldier just like you. He needs care. Would you help a soldier in need? Then why would you turn your back on this man? They said he wasn't a man. He was a green-blooded alien. And he goes, a soldier is a soldier no matter what war it's in. Once the combat's over, we're all men again. And they deserve respect. Don't you? He challenged their thinking on the spot. He saw to it that I got expert medical care. I was soon reacquainted with my injured shipmate. I asked if I could reach over with a signal of my hand to touch my shipmate. What they didn't know was by touching each other, I would be able to draw strength from each other for focus to alleviate the pain, and it might allow me to talk now that he has rested and healed. Touching my shipmate's hand with my own hand, we were able to commune, and through communion I was able to speak to Dr. Andrew Michaels. I was able to let him hear my voice in his mind. And he said, there you are. What took you so long? He was waiting to talk to me. I couldn't even comprehend who this man was. But he was an expert. Oh yes, he was an expert on extraterrestrial life. And I had a lot more to learn from him. It appears that I, he would be learning from me. Thank you for joining me today. We'll continue our adventure next week as we find out why this alien race, as benevolent as it is, must once again find and contact the great Dr. Andrew Michaels. Before it's too late. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardohuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.